Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is Callie Bunter, your Deputy Director of Podcast Production here at Mission Mill Spouse, bringing you our weekly minicast. This is episode 1003, and I would like to bring you some information and encouragement about the cycles of deployment. So my husband just recently returned home from deployment. He left about end of March, beginning of April, and he returned home at the end of August. As most of our amazing listeners who follow our Mission Mill Spouse Facebook and Instagram probably saw our homecoming photos featured on our feed. And let me just tell you, it is amazing to have him home with me. And no matter whether this is your first deployment or your 15th deployment, each deployment is different. Um, This was actually my first deployment without a nuclear family. We are stationed in my hometown, and I have never been through a deployment without my mom and my grandfather there to support me. And my mom passed away in 2020 while my husband was on shore duty. And so this was the first time that I was quote unquote alone for a deployment. I mean, yes, I had my daughter, but responsible for my entire household on my own without anybody to help me deal with the struggles and the issues that come up. I went to an FRG meeting at the end of deployment and it was about reintegration. And they gave us this package on the cycles of deployment. And it really made me think like, what are the cycles of deployment really like? And it it had me reflect on deployments in the past. Um, this has been our fifth or sixth deployment together. And it made me reflect on those. And I just wanted to share it with y'all. The first stage of deployment is called the pre-deployment stage. And it usually starts with the warning order for deployment. Um, I know personally for us, It typically starts not long after my husband returns home from for field training exercises, Um, because when they go to the field, that's certifying them for deployment. Um, And that usually happens about midway through his home port. And I feel like when we're on sea duty, we're in a constant cycle of deployment. So it's a constant pre-deployment, deployment, post-deployment cycle. So during our pre-deployment phases, you can usually have anticipation of loss versus denial, where some people will go, oh, you're not really going, are you? Um, Or you have people who wall themselves off and prepare for the isolation and prepare for the separation. Spend time getting your affairs in order. I know personally, we live in South Mississippi and we're in a hurricane prone area. And depending on when he's leaving depends on 
how I prepare for hurricane seasons. Our busiest months of hurricane season are August through October. So if he's leaving early in the year, say between January and March, I'm usually not really terribly worried about preparing for hurricane season. Um, mostly just having my kit ready and a lot of things I buy in April or May. And then I just pray that a hurricane doesn't show up in July or August. But if he leaves closer to our peak hur of hurricane season, I'm more concerned. Um, I, I want to make sure that we have... Uh, sandbags available, um, that there are sandbags outside the garage door and outside the back door and the side door to where in our flood prone areas. That way I don't have to worry about um, going out to the front of our town, filling them up and lugging them home. I make sure that our outdoor furniture is put away, that things are secured, or that I actually have a plan to secure them. And we execute that plan like once or twice before he leaves. And another part of the pre-deployment phase that I don't think I was ready for, especially my first few deployments, was the arguments that typically happen. My husband and I aren't usually big into arguments. We talk things out and try to be rational about our feelings. But Usually before a deployment, we argue, and that's more common with military couples than you would think, um, because you're both under so much stress. Your service member doesn't want to leave you as much as you don't want them to leave, and but you're under stress too, and you're trying to figure out how am I going to handle all of the th these things that come up while he's gone, and instead of communicating effectively. Sometimes spouses are checked out, are already psychologically prepared for deployment and trying to figure out how to deal with that time difference and that separation already without their service member. I know it can, some deployments are a seven hour time difference. Some deployments are a 12, 18 hour time difference. And it's difficult no matter if they're an hour away or 15 hours away. Because one thing that I was told as a new military spouse 12 years ago is that you never want to concern your service member with what's going on at home. And I know from my personal experience, my husband wants to know what's going on at home. He wants to hear about the issues or I couldn't get the dog to go outside and I had to carry the, the 110 pound golden retriever from one side of the house to the other side of the house because she was throwing a doggy tantrum about going out in the morning. And yeah, he doesn't want to hear it right when it happens, but it's usually funny to think about afterwards. And he likes hearing about the worries and concerns that I have. So as we've progressed in our marriage and our relationship and this military journey, our communication styles have changed. And I can honestly say this last deployment, we did not argue at all right before he left because we communicated. And I think that's one of the biggest things is communication and not everything has to be solved the minute before he leaves. Make a plan, 
make a plan the ent- from the minute he gets home until the next time he leaves and always keep that plan in the back of your mind. So that way you're not scurrying and stressed right before he leaves and you can just live in the moment. Then we come to our second stage of deployment, which is the deployment stage. And that is the day they leave. And usually for me, it's through the first few weeks and it's creating that routine. Because believe it or not, your service member's departure from the home creates a hole where they were and they're no longer there. And so there's a bit of loss there. So you have emotions, your kids have emotions, even your pets have emotions. I know that my dogs always look for their daddy whenever it's about time for him to come home because he has a normal roundabout time that he comes home or when he calls, like when he calls me and I'm talking to him, they know, they know. And so as you're getting into the routine of deployment and adjusting to the new norm, it's, it's definitely process. Um, I know that my biggest process that has evolved over the years is parenting, parenting my daughter as she's gone from toddler to child to now teenager. And this deployment was different than ones previous because she's more aware of world views. Her last school that she went to, her teachers kept them up on current events, especially about what's going on in the Ukraine. And when it was time for my husband to deploy back in April, she was concerned about, is daddy going to be anywhere near the Ukraine? Um, Could he go to the Ukraine? Could he leave wherever he's going and go over there? And I couldn't honestly tell her no, but I couldn't exactly tell her yes, because I don't know. And she got frustrated with the I don't know. And so it's definitely, definitely different having a teenager who is more into world affairs. But once you create that routine and that structure in your household, you get to the sustainment phase. And part of the sustainment phase is establishing sources of support and routines. Um, I know one of my big support systems has always been my family readiness group. And this time, as I said previously, I didn't have the support of my nuclear family, but this time I have the support of my work family. I remember being extremely melancholy the first week or two after my husband left, and I made a comment to one of my coworkers saying, this is the first time I've ever been alone. And she looked at me and she's like, you're not alone. We've got you. We've got your back. And then I I had also said the same thing to my supervisor and she pretty much told me the exact same thing that my coworker had told me, that they're there to support me and if I need anything, to let them know. And being separated from my nuclear family, but gaining this work family was absolutely amazing. And that's where you have to build community. That's where your community comes into play. So my biggest thing to start with sustainment is find your community. Even if it's just finding a group of spouses that your kids are around the same age and you all, your kids get along and you all get along, find your tribe, create community. I know that was one thing that I had spoken about in my last mini cast, Bloom Where You Were Planted, 
is find your community, bloom where you're planted, and that'll help you in sustainment in the long run. But during the sustainment phase, during deployment, you'll find a lot of aha moments like, I can do this. I know one of my biggest aha moments was my very first deployment with my husband. He was in Afghanistan and I had never driven a stick before and his car was manual and I was, our dog was less than a year old and we, I was sitting there getting ready to go out to dinner with friends and I come out and I'm looking for my keys. I couldn't find the keys to my car and his truck was out at my mom's house and the only other car I had at our apartment was his manual stick shift Suzuki Forenza. I taught myself how to drive it and on a busy highway going from my apartment about 10 miles to the next town over on a Friday night in a tourist area. And that was my big aha, I can do this moment. Let me just tell you, when I got home, I found my keys in my dog's bed. Apparently he had been chewing on my key ring. This past deployment, my I can do this moment is I learned how to back up a trailer into my driveway by myself. I've never backed up anything in my life. I, I can go forward when towing. I can't go backwards, but now I can. So you'll find that there are things where you can do things on your own that you never thought possible. And you really find a lot of strength and capability within yourself during deployments. And let me just tell you, I was so excited to show my husband that I could back up the trailer without hitting the house, hitting my car, running off the driveway, or hitting my trash cans. I can tell you, I was so proud of myself, and my husband even laughed a good bit because he knows that I am clumsy and have my moments when it comes to mechanics. The sustainment or deployment stage eventually has to end, and it evolves into the homecoming stage or redeployment stage. There's so many different emotions that go on during the anticipation of homecoming. You're excited. You're apprehensive. Um, you could even have difficulty making decisions. And this could happen anywhere from a few weeks to a few months before they come home, depending on how long your deployment is. I know one of the biggest concerns is Will my service member agree with the changes I've made during deployments? Because no matter what, you're constantly evolving. And I, I don't say change because, yes, people change for the best and for the worst, but it's more of an evolution of yourself. You grow and you learn new things about yourself and you evolve as a person. You're evolving as a person without your spouse there. So they're not able to see the small changes that have been made during this time apart. They're only seeing it secondhand over the phone. They're not living it in real life. So there's always a concern of, is my spouse going to agree with this? Is my spouse going to like this? Especially if something major has happened, like a change in your household or even having a baby, losing weight, a family member dying, um, any major change can 
trigger almost like self-doubt within yourself. I know that's been one of my big things. And that that was one of my things this time around was, is he going to be okay with the changes that I've made around the house or even the decorating that I've done? Because our house can typically go from one extreme to another (laughs) in the course of a deployment because I will go into a quote-unquote nesting phase where I will want to redecorate and clean all the things. Um, This time it was cleaning out the backyard and getting rid of old grills and old things and preparing for new ones um, because I'm wanting for our anniversary this year, I'm wanting to get him a new smoker grill. And so I had to get rid of the old ones first, right? What better time to do it than when he's deployed? That way we can't hem-haw about him wanting to keep it or, oh, we should keep these as backup and get the new one as well. And during my nesting phase, I made a million to-do lists for both myself getting ready for him to come home and also things that I wanted him to do when he did come home. I know that was something that one of my coworkers picked on me about for like a week was how long is your husband's to-do list? Um, And I would tell him it's about a mile long. Would you like to help him with it? And I would just get a good giggle out of that. We, We all would. Inevitably, they come home and sometimes expectations are just thrown out the window. I know with me it was. Um, I did not focus on making my house immaculately clean. It's lived in. My teenager and I are chaos together. And so our house is typically chaos. And I just focused on preparing her, preparing myself and emotionally preparing us for reuniting and reintegration. And that brings us into the post-deployment stage, which starts whenever they get home. And it can can vary depending on the family and depending on how long they're going to be home. Um, And it usually has a honeymoon period. And you you can grieve it as well as kind of a loss because you lose the independence that you had during deployment. Um, I know that I was free to go to steak night every Thursday night and sit there and have a beer with some of my coworkers while I waited for my steak because over the summer, my daughter was with her grandparents and I didn't have anybody else to cater to. I was kind of a suedo bachelorette, so to say. And I had my own space. Like I, I had the bed all to myself. I had the bathroom all to myself. I had everything all to myself. And I remember telling one of my coworkers shortly after he got home, asked, doesn't he have somewhere else to go at this point? Because the first day that I got up to go to work and we were both getting up at the same time, getting dressed at the same time, and he turned off my hair straightener while I was getting dressed. And I just sat there in the mirror and looked at him and asked him, why did you do that? And he's like, well, I'm getting dressed. And I said, well, so am I. I need to go to work too. (laughs) So it was almost like he invaded my space. And, but then the next day he waited an extra 15, 20 minutes for me to finish getting dressed before he started getting dressed. And I made sure to get up earlier, well, on time for me, um, 
I actually paid attention to my alarm clock. So that way I could get dressed and get out the door and he had time. But now that we're a few weeks into Homeport, he's back to a normal working time. So he's usually dressed and out the door before my alarm even goes off. And while it's been great having him home, I know the honeymoon phase isn't going to last forever. Um, I think we're almost through it and he's been home a little under a month. Um, We have found our routine together as a family, especially now that he's back to longer days um, because immediately after coming home, they sometimes have short days until the rest of the groups get back. And it's not like that with every command. Each command is different and each And each company may even have their own separate protocols. Um, But I know with us, he sometimes will be home an hour after he gets to work. Sometimes he'll be home four, five, six hours. Like today he worked, had a full working day. And it just, it varies. And now that we're back into the full working day routines, it is a little more back to normal, um, more reintegration. I look forward to the next however many months he's home and we will start thinking about the next deployment after his command goes to field exercises. I just know that I look forward to the next several months and seeing how we grow as a family. Um, Looking forward to spending the holidays together and hopefully being able to host a Thanksgiving Because I know that personally, that is one of my favorite holidays. I love to cook and do all things with my family. I've always had a big holiday until my nuclear family dissolved. Um, And I've been looking forward to being back in sea duty because we will usually invite anybody from command that doesn't have a place to go for Thanksgiving and invite them to our house. So that is our next big milestone. And then we'll start the cycle over and we'll be in the cycle for several years until we move to a different command. I think the biggest thing I have to say about the cycles of deployment is really prepare yourself for them. Um, They don't always last They aren't always difficult. They're really as difficult as you make them. Um, If you have a good mindset towards it, it can get easier. I know it's gotten easier for me over the last several years um, because used to, I would just get really upset and really negative about things that happened, especially Murphy, Murphy, Murphy's law, because what can go wrong will go wrong during deployment, right? But if I focused on the things that went wrong, I wouldn't be able to look at the things that went right. But I just want to thank you for listening with me today. And don't forget that our mini casts publish every Thursday. And also make sure to mark your calendars for our next full-length episode on Monday, where we will listen to an interview with guests Ashley Coles and Danielle Stinson as they talk about their newest book, Horses of Fire. But as always... No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember we've been there, you're not alone, and we've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Millspouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.